0: Welcome to Game Changers by Logitech G, a six-part podcast for the ones taking the risks, breaking the mould and changing the game. I'll be talking to a variety of people in the gaming world about different topics from diversity in gaming to its effect on mental health. I'm your host, Alan Boyston. Gaming is often seen as a damaging vice, with excessive gaming even being classified as a mental health disorder by the NHS. However, as reported by the Financial Times, games are actually more powerful mediums for exploring and dealing with mental health through experiential storytelling. In today's episode, we'll be taking a look at how gaming is actually impacting the mental health epidemic for better or for worse. Today, I'm joined by game developer Claire Morley and Twitch streamer Sweet Anita. Welcome to the show today. Good to talk to you both. I think, Anita, I'd like to kick off with yourself. Obviously, you suffer from acute Tourette's. Mm -hmm. I'd like to uh, tell our audience something about the symptoms and and some of the things that you you experience uh, uh, along the way.
1: Well, Tourette's is diverse, and tics are kind of like involuntary movements, and sometimes they are verbalizations as well. And uh, I have lots of different kinds of tics which is rare um there's a huge stereotype about my condition that we all swear a lot but actually there's like motor tics which are like involuntary movements in the body and then there are like written tics called copographia. a lot of people don't know about that, but I write the word narc on everything and ruin everything around me. And then there's um, the slightly more known coprolalia, which directly kind of um, translates to shit talking, which is basically the swearing. Um, but it can also be uh, uh, words that are completely benign. I say kitten a lot. Um, So everyone expects people like me to swear, and I'm probably going to disappoint 50% of the time. And uh, yeah, a lot of people don't really understand my condition. A lot of people think that it's um, what you're thinking subconsciously and things like that. Um, But really, it's just word salad, and I don't really know what's going to get tossed up at any any point. Um, So... Yeah,
0: so it's quite, obviously there's a lot of challenges to life, uh, getting about stuff like that. Is it worse when people are talking to you or when you're listening? Do you find uh, your mind is sort of busy?
1: I find that, uh, uh, uh when I have something to engage with and focus on I tick a lot less like um, it's a neurological disorder like no amount of meditating or like you know yoga or anything is gonna reduce it so um, it's something physical going on with me Um, and it's interrupting my thoughts all the time like a lot of people don't hear a lot of the word ticks a lot of them happen in my mind and it's like I'm trying to focus and it's kind of like uh, if you wow if you wow if you um, were trying to tell someone your phone number and someone was just shouting numbers at you. Like Mm. it's really distracting and difficult to maintain focus um, and get to the point you're intending to. So
0: it's quite challenging obviously with day-to-day life and just getting yourself across to (laughs) people meeting you for the first time, not understanding the condition until they get to know you better. Mm. Do you feel that through streaming that that that's been helpful in that way?
1: Oh yeah, I mean people react quite negatively quite often because it's the internet. I'm cool with it though. Um, So a lot of people feel bad for laughing. I'm really cool with that one. I grew up without a diagnosis till my mid 20s. I presented with tics when I was about one. So um, I didn't have an explanation for what was happening and people were quite often offended or angry Um, and uh, it kind of limited my access to education, a social life and all sorts of things. And I can't drive, I have to take public transport. People react really angrily, I could get kicked off. I don't know what my journey to a place is gonna be like, whether it's gonna be safe, whether I'm gonna get there. Um, And frankly, with streaming, it's cool because, when people are angry with me, they quite often clip my content, show it somewhere, complain about me. And then there's a really mature discussion in the comments section going, this is Tourette's syndrome, this is how it works. Um, And that discussion has completely changed since, mm, since two years ago, when I first hit the scene with streaming, nobody understood Tourette's in in like the Twitch community and things like that and the the clips were causing outrage, whoa, and then fuck off. And then now compare that to everyone's familiar with me in the community. Um, people are calmly discussing Tourette's and what it is and what it isn't. And that discussion is reaching so much further than my channel ever would. I'm cool with the outrage and I'm cool with people laughing too because Oh, after people get mad at you for like 20 something years, having people laugh is amazing. People try so hard to be funny. Like people train for like 30 years to be a comedian and I passively make people laugh. Like that's a gift compared to what it was before.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think in that sense, it's helped you as a communication tool in context. I mean, it's always a problem when it's out of context and you're always going to get those who are a bit immature. They don't understand and they need to get time to get to know you. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to video games then. Uh, you're here because you stream a lot of video games. And uh, I, how did you, I guess in a way, I'd like to know where your initial passion for video games came from. You know, where, you know, where how did games help you and some of the initial titles they that you started me an playing? Then.
1: Well they're helpful in other ways <laughs> um <laughs> sorry uh, i didn't mean to cut you off there um uh, so uh for me i mean i've been playing games ever since i was really little but it started changing my life when i found overwatch on the pc i was a console gamer before but then my whole world opened up with overwatch because uh people see my condition before they see me. And that changes how people interact with me. A lot of people who find me fascinating are like, oh, I'd love you to be my party trick. I'd love to take you to the club and have all my friends laugh at you while we're drunk and that sort of thing. And that's where people's minds go when they like me. But when I'm gaming and I'm on push to talk, when I lift my finger, all of a sudden people can't hear me. And that changed my world because, uh, now people meet me before my condition. And a lot of the mods who've been with me through my whole Twitch journey um, didn't know I had Tourette's until I started streaming. Mm. Um, And that was amazing because you get self-conscious that people are defining you by your condition. Mm. And when you know that you have social skills and people value who you are and laugh at what you say, even when you mean it, um, it can really give you a sense of self-worth you never had before. And it gave me access and it gave me a chance to really connect and develop the social skills I never got to develop. I was in isolation when I was younger. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Do you find that, uh, I mean, it's interesting because really online gaming has given you the opportunity there. You've referred straight to going to online. Mm -hmm. I always, I suppose I was always wondering whether offline gaming, uh, you know, because you're you're playing a story, you're engaging your mind in a different way, whether that Mm -hmm. was more helpful initially, because when you go online, the anxiety is that you are going to talk to people you are going to speak to people who don't understand your condition, you're opening yourself up when you go online, so I guess that was the the sort of surprise I guess that online gaming actually helped you in that way from the off
1: mm. I mean, well There was, uh, the focus is very relieving. It's so good to have things that give you a refuge from your condition and the focus and engagement of like narrative-based stuff is definitely helpful. But another way it helps me is that I didn't have, I had limited access to education. I couldn't sit still, I couldn't behave. No one understood what was going on with me. So being alone at home, um, games taught me how to read. And I had like a really early reading age. Like I was, I I, learned how to read really quickly because I was having so much fun as I went along. So it was definitely a learning tool for me in that respect. Aspired a lot of um, creative writing and stuff like that. Had me engaging with topics I never would have. So yeah, it was very educational growing up. I really am grateful that I had games as a kid.
0: Mm, absolutely. Claire, moving on to yourself, uh, tell us a bit about your background in sort of games, game development, and the creation of threefold games. That- You've created a game about dementia. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment but tell me first how you created your games company how you got into it
2: um so with um, my company Freefold Games um it was actually formed at the same time as the game before I forget um was formed because I um I was at a a game jam which is normally sort of a weekend or a few days where people uh, get together and form teams and then spend um yeah normally a weekend making a game around a theme Mm -hmm. so I met shella who's the other person in free fall games at this game jam and then we had the theme of borders to make a game with so we decided to then take that and um uh developed before i forget from there but that was the first time i would met her so that kind of all happens at the same time um but prior to that i was mainly sort of doing freelance game work alongside my uh my job and that it was kind of the creating before i forget that pushed me further into game development
0: so before i forget again about dementia it's a tough subject to cover Mm -hmm. what kind of research did you do how did you formulate a game design around that subject
2: so yeah initially it was uh shella so she's the narrative designer on the team and she'd always been really interested in the concept of memory and sort of identity around memory and then what happens if we lose our memory are we still sort of the same person that we once were and things like that and once we playtested a little bit and found that people were really connecting to the idea we decided that we did need to sort of make sure we did our research um, and make sure the narrative was kind of consistent with what we were trying to show so because neither me or shella had sort of direct experience with dementia so we Contacted um, a charity, games charity called Gaming the Mind, who are uh, doctors who are interested in how mental health is portrayed within games. So we've kind of had a couple of these people from that charity with us along on the journey, and they've sort of been playtesting the game as uh, we make it and then giving us feedback and saying, sort of, oh, maybe the character might behave in this way uh, when they're doing this or might say this instead, and that kind of thing, which has been really helpful. And I think just through um, through playtesting as well, when we've taken it to events and had people play it, we find that people are always really keen to talk afterwards about their experiences. And that's been... I mean, it's, ama- it's kind of amazing to see how much it does open the conversation, but also just really great in terms of us knowing that what we're portraying is kind of sensitive to the subject. So what is
0: the style of play then? What is this type of game to explain before I forget to us?
2: So it's... Um, it's a first-person 3D narrative adventure, so you are seeing the world through the main character's eyes and walking around the house that she lives in, and you can sort of look at objects that she has, pick them up, and then afterwards, she might sort of have a memory about them or a thought, perhaps not remember what it is. And so you're experiencing um, just her life in that sense.
0: Yeah, um, colour, sound, Use of colour looks like it Mm -hmm. looks like watercolours, sort of style to it. What do you artistically, what do you, what do you, where do you find the place? Because I guess colour drains and you have to try and obviously you forget things along the way or Mm -hmm. how things are supposed to look. What's the inspiration behind that and the research?
2: Yeah, so the game starts in a sort of like this monochrome grey, black and white kind of setting, and then as you pick things up and she has a force about them then colour spreads from that object, and you're kind of slowly filling in colour throughout the house. Mm. And so it's more of sort of a a metaphor, I suppose, for representing these um, sort of connections and the memory, perhaps like coming back or perhaps not with certain objects.
0: Do you think it educates people? Do you think games can be educational? Uh, Do you think this, does it educate people on dementia, do you feel? Is that the objective?
2: So early on in development, we were we definitely were approached a few times about uh, with people sort of saying, "Oh, this could be really good as an educational tool, or you know, you could sort of give it to schools or to carers um, and sort of show people what the symptoms of dementia are," which um, I certainly think there is a place for, uh, but it's not exactly the route that we wanted to go down. We more wanted to have a narrative that was about this person's life and just her life surrounding the illness mm. as well as focusing on um how the illness was affecting her life so we were i think it certainly provide a kind of portrayal of an experience mm. and I suppose educate in that way
0: i think educational is always a challenging thing because uh, you you don't want to make it an educational game because then mm. nobody wants to play it Educating them in different ways around games, though, Anita. You have Mental Health Mondays. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about
1: that. Twitch is kind of this odd platform where um, lots of people gravitate towards streaming because it's a way to connect with another human being. If you have social anxiety or depression, you have struggles getting out of their house or you have a lot of self-doubt and it's so hard for you to speak to people, having someone that you can have respond to you um, but also just have you know, them talking in the background, breaking up the silence can be really impactful and helpful and so you have a lot of people who struggle with mental health on twitch and when i first arrived i really noticed that and there were a lot of streamers who were like being silly and bombastic and that was really fun to watch but they were not really focusing on the connection aspect of it and a lot of these people are people who found twitch because they had similar problems themselves and I, i kind of wanted to encourage people to have a discussion about how they broke through it and how they navigate it so many people in my chat were asking me how I decided to start streaming, how I can have the confidence to do it when I am the way I am. And um, I used to be depressed. I was depressed for 13 years. I had anxiety for a long time. Um, and I am completely over it. I'm living a really happy life now. Um, and it's those management techniques that people were really taking an interest in. So I wanted it to be about more than just me. Um, I'm not really comfortable with just how much I have to talk about myself so it was so good to bring other people in and um you know really engage and have a discussion and get more than just my input um we got together we started talking and more things more topics schizophrenia disassociative identity disorders and things like that were coming in to the discussion and we were seeing people in chat be like this is making me cry like i needed to hear this today like this gives me hope this gives me hope that things are going to change and you know it was having such a profound effect on people And um, when I started talking to the other large streamers on the platform, um, I had like some really uh, surprising conversations from people saying that this is what the platform needed. And it's like so many people are pandering and kind of keeping people interested, but it's not really moving them forward. And it might sound counterproductive, but the point of Mental Health Monday was uh, 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 to get people off my stream. And living life instead of having me break the silence you know
0: absolutely well I think that's where you know we've talked about uh, at the beginning here we mentioned uh, game addiction and people getting addicted to games and in a way you still need that break away from it as well and I I always say to people you know play everything in moderation go away have some hobbies do some painting do something else but I just want to mention online I mean we it's interesting that in a way Online was the most helpful thing for you, Anita, because for me, I always found that online produced different stress because you've got leaderboards, you've got uh, trophies, you've got, uh, you know, to be, to be uh, maybe to be a streamer, or a, there's a lot of pressure to be good at games as well. I mean, you want to play a video no. game and be relatively competent at it. Fuck. I think that when you're playing online, you've immediately got the stress of no. leaderboards, competitions, esports and stuff like that. Do you think that's a positive or a negative? I mean, I mean your comments that some people will just come in, never heard of you, and just watch mm. you play games. Mm. Do you see that side to, to, to online gaming as well?
1: i think um when people watch you play they there is so much pressure to be amazing at the game to be Mm. a pro player people expect if you're going to play the game you're going to play it well Mm. i'm trash and i'm fine with being trash and what i kind of i i used to be much higher on those scoreboards before i started streaming but i started using games to socialize and that's how i found twitch that's how i found my community and that's the part that i really enjoy and that's the part that transformed my life so when i play these games i'm sure people passively, how to make conversation with a stranger, how to have fun, how to look for the positives, how to stay chill. Um, because for me, the the score isn't really what makes it fun, it's the connection. Because that's something I really yearned for and didn't have in my life. And I know that's something absent from a lot of my viewers' um, lives as well. So um, I completely let it go. My motor ticks when I'm distracted, are really severe. I'm not going to aim well. You know, it's going to fuck with my ability to play and I'm fine with that. Wow. Um, I'm really... Relaxed about the scoreboard. And um, when people pressure me to be brilliant at the game, um, I, I, I just laugh at them. I, I turn it into a joke, I turn it into a punchline, and carry on doing what I love.
0: I, I have the complete opposite sometimes. I, I put myself under so much pressure, I get frustrated with my own performance sometimes. And I suppose, you know, I, I'm interested as well that you, away from the streaming aspect, just as a gamer, you met people online gaming. People might be playing online, they Whoa. say, I don't have many people to talk to, I don't have many friends, or many people to share my passion. Well, I think the question is, how do they meet people? I mean, how did you make your first friends online? For example, years ago, you used to have a, an open lobby, but now when you go into a lobby, everybody's in private chat, hmm. so there's hardly anyone there to speak to. Mm-hmm. It's quite hard. Do you think there are forums, or do you, I mean, do you think having a, a social media profile sort of helps with that in some way?
1: So uh, I I know that, and I'm the kind of person who will pester and say, get out of private chat, come and Mm -hmm. hang out with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got something to say to you, and people hop in, they dare, and I get them laughing, and I reel them out of that little, that area of the the game, because I won't stand for it. Um, Because, you know, that's that's the part that's fun for me. Mm -hmm. But also, um, my Discord community, it has about 30,000 people in it now. It wow. grew exponentially. <laughs> yeah. um, they're called the Fish Fisters. It's because of my tics. Um, and They name themselves, I can't take credit <laughs> for that name. Um, and they are a lot of people who, some a lot of people with Tourette's gravitate towards my stream and my community because they know everyone there knows what Tourette's is and it's cool with it yeah. so there are lots of people with ticks. there are lots of people who are struggling or lonely who mm-hmm. dabble and lurk and watch in these channels and they watch people talking to each other and being really casual and being really friendly and they watch people in VC and sometimes they might lurk in VC and then like five months down the line they might speak in VC and then they might go do you want to do you want to maybe play a game? And they come out of their shell. And we have so many people who, when they first entered our community, were terribly afraid. And now they're really blossoming and they're really charismatic and they're really wonderful and interesting. So I've definitely used my Discord community as not a sort of promotional tool, but kind of a place to be really friendly and um, kind of bring people out of their shell. And kind of, I create the content that I needed when I was alone. And I think that Discord is a big example of that. Um and uh uh now uh 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 with with the Discord community, we have like really tight mods who are very invested in keeping it peaceful. We have thirty thousand people and zero toxicity. It's wonderful. It's the perfect climate to find your feet socially. I'm constantly giving reminders in stream, and I know the people in the Discord are watching this together. And I'm saying, forgive people when they're socially awkward. Forgive people when they make mistakes. You know, you were, if you you're gonna make a mistake, no one gets through life perfectly. So if someone's failing socially forgive them and we'll forgive you when it's your turn to mess up and you know these sorts of messages keep people together when they consider leaving and you know they're just finding their feet and they're not you know coping well yet and these kind of things are the the way that um i get people socializing through games
0: is there a particular age group that you appeal to would you find people from all backgrounds and age groups
1: i try really not i try really hard not to appeal to teenagers and kids mm. it's hard though because well because my tics can get quite obscene mm. and slightly less mature people might find that appealing for reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the last thing I wanna do is play something like Fortnite and have loads of moms ringing me up going why is my kid offering to fist people now? Um, so I try to add, I try to appeal to to adults. I try to appeal to um, lonely adults. I try I try to make sure that people know that I'm not here as a spectacle because of my condition. Um, I'm here to pass on the tools it took ages to get so that people don't have to spend a lot of time alone trying mm. to find them themselves.
0: I mean your success. I mean, dare I say, it, it, you'll get a lot of great comments. I mean, you've grown massively on Twitch, but you'll also get those people who are slightly jealous as well of your success as well. They won't believe your condition, or they don't know you personally, or they're just jealous in that way. And that's something you've had to deal with as well. Through life, you've had to develop a thicker skin, really, haven't you? In everything, I guess. And but just, it, it, you're okay. still a human being wow. when it comes down to it. You know, it's just it. You, it there's only so much you can do because I find that all of us that do streaming or stuff like that there's a human being behind the camera at the end of the day mm. Mm.
1: oh I'm so grateful for the people who get mad at me if I'm honest they've been the greatest promotional tool I could have ever asked for because so many people take my clips out of context yep. throw them out into the internet and evoke rage for attention mm. and people come and throw that back at me and they're like I came here because I was mad at you but actually I kind of needed to hear that so they stay and as well these really mature conversations are happening in chat about what Tourette's is and isn't from people who have heard of me so it's not just helping me get out there it's also helping people understand Tourette's and I've noticed a change um in the past few years with people um knowing what Tourette's is and being able to identify it from a distance which means that it's safer for me to take a train now and a bus and still it's potluck and people might misunderstand but it's getting progressively safer and I get to be a part of that because people are mad at me. So I'm grateful for the rage and I really, really don't mind because most of these people ask me to explain myself and I'm more than happy to do that.
0: Let's talk a little bit about that video games thing, because a lot of people now, they're <laughs> passionate, they're following you and, and all that sort of stuff, and they're trying different games, but we want people to play games and enjoy them and find games that work for them. And I, I just wonder, different types of games in particular that you guys felt took you on different journeys yourself. Claire, for yourself, I mean, different games you've played that you found inspiring that took you somewhere that you felt, oh, that's a, that's a game of a great story. Because I think there's lots of games out there. There's big games, there's indie games. Uh, you know, games played in moderation are great, we love video games what's a couple there that you would say you found inspiring? Um,
2: So, personally I don't play that many online games Mm -hmm. Um, Just sort of yeah, not particularly for any reason but um, so I actually find that I also play less games than I used to. I think, mm-hmm. like, the more that I develop games, the less that I kind of play mm-hmm. games in a way. Um, it's the same as YouTubers,
0: by the way. The more, <laughs> the more actually, the, the funny thing is, is that I found that the more YouTube videos I made, because it took so long to edit the video, I play the games less and less and less, and in the end, I'm barely playing a game. Yeah. And people think you're playing games all day, but actually doing a ton of paperwork and video editing.
2: Yeah, and then by the time it gets to the evening, you're kind of like, oh, I just want yeah. to read a book. Yeah, <laughs> exactly,
0: do something else with my life. No, but uh, I guess, Anita, again, with yourself, really. I guess I'd like to find out some of the games that, that take you. So I, I mean, games games can take you to all kinds of places they can make you zone out like movies uh and i just wondered really from in terms of your own passion of video games if there are yes. games that you like to play obviously there's games you like to stream but if there are games you like to play perhaps you don't like to stream or anything like that and also i, th- I think you know we do we do hear negatives about video games mm-hmm. uh, i think there's lots of positives as well in terms of like you say we've talked about it today i mean look at the community you've built look at what you're doing now thanks to video gaming, Mm -hmm. thanks to bringing people together. Games are bringing people together, for better, for worse. And I think, like anything, it seems to be, there needs to be some sort of moderation in Mm -hmm. how you play. But yeah, just for yourself, a couple of games that you felt that you've enjoyed playing away from the ones your viewers may be aware of.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, there's so many games like that I find relaxing or soothing. Growing up, especially like um, Final Fantasy IX really sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> See? Yeah, that's one I played a lot of. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, I loved the existential questions that one of the characters was asking because at a time when you're alone and no one notices or cares what you're doing um, and you become kind of invisible, thinking about why you exist and why you want to carry on living and what you want to do with your existence is a very important question and can really keep you persevering. And I thought a lot philosophically. I was nudged to question my existence. And I talk about that a lot on stream. And I encourage people to remember things like, we have suicidal people who come in. And I'm like, you're gonna be dead for most of the existence of the universe. You've been dead for billions of years. You get a blink of existence to see, to smell, to hear. Um, Don't waste it. And don't let the negative experiences kind of blind you to everything beautiful that's going on and these sorts of things I go into a lot more detail about but I won't wax about that for ages but like those sorts of philosophies came from the prompting i had and the time alone i had with these games i'm so grateful for the lessons they taught me and the questions they had me asking about life and that's not something that an angry parent will see a parent will go why are you shut alone in the house get out and play and they're not seeing necessarily all of the lessons and gifts that Mm. this art form is giving you
0: is there sort of government support for developers do you you know what kind of support structure there is for developers there groups where developers are talking amongst themselves, perhaps people watching might want to start developing games in this area, might not know how to get started. Well, what kind of advice can you give them?
2: Yeah, there's definitely um, a few schemes um, for like funding, and then there's also um, a lot of people sort of approach publishers um, with a pitch for their game, maybe if, if it's just an idea, or perhaps like they've got an early prototype of the game to try and get some kind of development support that way. Um, I think one of the best things that you can do if you're interested in creating a game is to kind of seek out the local games community in your area if there is one, hopefully. In the UK, it's, it it tends to be quite good. And like a lot of the bigger cities, um, there is some kind of games, community games hub, um, or if not, then online communities as well, um, a great place to go. And just to have that kind of support, um, whether it's just to kind of, you know, ask people about your ideas or ask people for if they know of any funding opportunities um for feedback on various things Mm -hmm. um so so i live in bristol and bristol's got um a really good games community there so they have like monthly meetups where they'll have a couple of speakers and opportunities for people to play test each other's games Mm -hmm. and things like that
0: yeah, I mean, I hope that it's something that people pick up on. They find, I mean, you've obviously yeah. got shows such as Develop and Res to where people show off a lot of indie titles. Mm-hmm. You know, BAFTA are always looking for opportunities to look for a diversity in gaming, but also areas like this where it can be, you know, informative. I, I, I use the word educational, but this, and this is about making a fun video game people want to play, mm-hmm. but also has some some solid meaning to it.
1: It is really uh, transformative to have art out there that humanizes us, because anyone can Google, anyone can Google what Alzheimer's is or Tourette's is or any kind of disability or struggle, but it doesn't give you a sense of Um, what it's like to manage that on a day-to-day basis. It doesn't really inform you of what that experience is like or what it really means. But also like when I heard you talking about it earlier, it sounded like you were focusing on this as an aspect of her rather than a plot device that she brings, it's who she is. uh, um, Like, but not all she is. And I think that's so, so important because, you know, it's so easy to become the girl with Tourette's. Um, But I am more than that and it's, it's, you know, games like that how people think of us as people with a thing rather than people who are a thing um, yeah yeah oh thank you that's so good to hear um <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i think i think people are very quick to want to just like categorize everything including people into boxes and like you say like this is the person with or whatever they want to say and um i think it's just great to challenge that and to show that people are complex and they have many facets to them. And yeah, you can't just say one person is one thing. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's, at the end of the day, it's about understanding. And I think that if you're doing anything, it's helping people understand various conditions in a better way. It's educating people. And I think ignorance is often the cause of many problems. I think if people just open their minds and uh, listen for a moment and explore. Then they can discover new things and learn new things along the way. But listen, you know, where would you like to see game development going in terms of exploring uh, various mental health issues? And, and, and yes. move, you know, what you could see on the market in the future? What would you like to see?
2: So I think recently there has been like a lot of <clears throat> a lot of positive movement towards having stories with um that tackle like mental health issues within yes. games but I think that the breadth of narratives that video games portrays is still pretty narrow when you compare it to other mediums mm. and I think that one of the biggest ways of extending that is probably to like tackle the diversity within game developers and um Within the games industry, so I think currently the sort of ratio of uh, like the gender balance and the um, like ethnicity balance within game developers is is imbalanced, um, mm. and so I think that for me, like that's where I would want to see games uh, game development going is to kind of tackle that as quickly as possible. I mean, really. that's
0: a two that's a two part area, isn't it? Because on the one part, you've got the game development. And who's involved in game development the other part you've got who the games actually appeal to mm. and I suppose maybe you need games appealing to a wider d- sort of diverse range of people yeah. to make to inspire them to get them to then become developers along right. the way as well and you need the opportunity of the right education as well to be able to take you to that level uh, Anita to yourself I guess I mean a lot of your success has come from gaming, but but also uh, nah. to uh, social media and to to you know Twitch and and everything else. The way you communicate with your fans, is there anything that Blech. you can't do that you'd like to see in the future?
1: Like I would love to be asked more questions, and I would love for it to be signposted where I can ask questions myself. When I first started, um, I didn't know if Twitch was going to ban me because I was breaking their terms of service by. Having tics that were inappropriate, um, breaking their rules. And I thought, I'll be banned in two weeks, but I'll have fun for now. Um, And I stayed and stayed and stayed and more people came. And I was like, really, this is happening now? Okay. But what I needed back then was someone to talk to directly who could have told me, Um, what the opinion was was on me being there Um, but also like eventually twitch were really great and they did start talking to me and um, they did ask me loads of really cool questions I made loads of recommendations about how it might be easier for people like me to engage but also it was nice to have a quick chance to slip it in there in a few meetings to actually talk about something other than my disability like quite a lot of us want to contribute we don't want to be tokens we don't we want to be people who um have a voice in just a casual regard too um so sometimes i feel a little bit pigeonholed people ask about my condition and all that sort of stuff and they're being really co- accommodating and great um but i'd love an opportunity to just contribute as a streamer as a, as as just a youtuber as someone who has experiences there that could apply to anyone too
0: so claire anita thank you very much for your time today new episodes are available every week and if you've enjoyed this one please make sure to subscribe on your app of choice and leave a review don't forget to follow Logitech on Twitter at Logitech G UK, Facebook logitechg.uk, and Instagram at Logitech G. There you'll be able to learn more about the new light speed wireless range that's now available. I'm Alan Boyston. See you next time.